Last time I was with you was about four years ago. It's good to be back. And this time I have my whole family with me, all four of them. My daughter, Sophia, before you leave, Sophie, wave. There's Sophia. Okay. Put her on the spot. And Josue. There's Josue. (laughs) And you'll get to see Nancy later. So it's great to have my whole family here this time and to be hosted by by you. And uh, uh, my daughter, Sophia, loves dancing and is very artistic and has a real sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And our son, Josue, is a percussionist. He's taking lessons, actually. And he's already asked, he's going to ask permission of the worship leader if he can play the drums later. So I said, we'll have to ask permission. One of his challenges is something called the Fragile X Syndrome. And uh, you probably haven't heard of that, but that's okay. If you want to know more, I'll, I'll let you know. But, you know, it's good to be here as a family and to be present with the dedication of a baby and to remember family, God's family, how, how we're loved, to sing Jesus loves me. Uh, that's, that, that's powerful. And that God loves the world. God loves you. He loves me. He loves teenagers. He loves the whole world. He loves Republicans. And he even loves Democrats and libertarians and communists, too, believe it or not. And he loves the world. He loves everyone. And he's at work around the world in more ways than we know. Today, between 25 and 30,000 people will come to Christ today in China, in that country, today. Most of them will have no building to meet in. They'll meet in homes. In this next week, about a million people will come to Christ. A country that has been known as a Buddhist nation has been now classified by the United Nations as a Christian nation. That country is South Korea. God is at work around the world. Isn't that great? So God's at work. And I wanted to invite you, as as we listen to Scripture, as we listen to God's Word, um, to be encouraged and also to be be challenged. As as together, you know, the word uh, fellowship or koinonia, uh, a Greek expert in another church about a few weeks ago said, you know what koinonia means? I said, yeah, you know, fellowship. He says, more than that, it's partnership. We are in koinonia. We are in partnership between Spain and First Covenant. We're working together. And you are in partnership with other countries and people and amongst yourselves in this church. So praise God for, for that. The nations, you know, I mentioned South Korea, I've mentioned China. God is at work around the world. And, you know, my dad died about 15 months ago, and he, his passion was to disciple people. And I was reminded as my dad died about what life is all about. And, and I still get choked up a bit as I think about my dad and how he discipled me. Through his death, I've been reminded of not just building up good ministries and doing a lot of good things and you know, what, what is, what, how does God's heart beat? What is life for? What am I here for? And I've realized that my identity is to be a disciple. And my call is to disciple. It's who I am. It's what I do. And I'm still learning how to be that. And I'm learning how to do that. Let's look again at Matthew 28. You know the good thing about Scripture we can read it many times, and, and it, it's new, it's fresh. And I would encourage you, you know, this week to read Scripture. If you're in a habit of doing that, great, but don't just dissect it. Take, take a moment and read the whole Gospel of Mark or all of Luke. Read a whole book. You know, when we have the Bible, and 
it's been given to us. And uh, early on in the church, they would read, you know, when they got the, when Paul sent the letter to F, to the, uh, what's it in English? To the church in Ephesus. They, they read the whole letter, right? When you get a, when you got or get a love letter, you don't just read, oh, I'll just read the first sentence today. Right? Right? Anybody get any love letters recently? Nobody wants to lift up their hands, right? <laughs> read all of Scripture. Read it. And it's, it's powerful. Matthew 28, 16 to 20 says the following. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Some doubted. That can be me sometimes. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So who are we called to disciple? You got a cheat sheet right in front of you. <laughs> who are we called to disciple? The nations. How do you do that? God's at work. He's doing that, but he wants to partner with us. Tell you another story. There's an imam from Pakistan. Had 3,000 mosques under his charge, under his care. You know what an imam is? An imam is a spiritual leader, uh, a Muslim spiritual leader, like a pastor, but for the Muslims, okay? And he was rushed to the hospital after a massive heart attack, had three blocked arteries, arrived at the hospital, and they said, Hold on, we'll operate tomorrow. We can't do it tonight. You know, that wouldn't happen here in Kansas, would it? With a massive heart attack. They'd operate like right away. As he was waiting, trying to hang on to life, he was probably going to die. Jesus appeared to him in his room. And Jesus came to him. And Jesus didn't say anything at first. He reached his hand into his heart and he pulled out one, two, three of those blocked arteries. And then he put three new arteries in his heart. And he said to him, Now, I am Jesus. Follow me. And he did. And he woke up the next morning. And it wasn't a dream. It was real. He was a healed man. And he started preaching the gospel and talking about Jesus Christ in these mosques. I said, Rob, that's a fantastic story. How do you know it's true? The guy that's discipling him told me the story. He's a pastor in Hong Kong. Four months ago, he told me the story. Isn't that amazing? That made the headlines in heaven. Maybe not here in Kansas or Spain, around the world. That's in the headlines in heaven. God is at work. And we respond. And he reveals himself in nations around the world, Muslim nations, giving dreams and visions, and it's happening. And he asks you and he asks me to partner in discipling the nations. Now, that's Pakistan, these statistics. My dad discipled me faithfully. And my dad, as he would share with me and, and others, he would say, you know, Jesus' last command to go and make disciples of the nations should be our first priority. And it's for everyone. It's not just for some. I, I, I don't have the ministry of discipleship. My ministry is, is worship and just singing. That's a ministry, but it's a part of making disciples, right? We're all called to be and make disciples. My dad uh, would, would say, if you're going to fish them, you got to clean them. To be involved 
You know, so, well, you know, this morning, right, the dedication of the baby, well, he's born now. Okay, we'll just pass him on. <laughs> no, right? As parents, we're going to raise our children. We're imperfect in the process, but God's grace is good, and we raise. Are you going to fish them? Are you going to birth the children? Clean them, the diapers, and everything else, right? There's a story of a young gal who came to Christ with us through the Alpha Course, and Nancy's going to come and share uh, a little bit, you know, briefly about Tanya. Tanya is now living with us. She has a very troubled past. And uh, so, Nancy, tell us about Tanya and how she came to Christ. Good morning. We're sharing Tanya's story because she's allowed us to share it. Um, Tanya is a young woman. She's about 27 years old now. And she came to Christ six years ago. Rob invited her to an Alpha course, and um, she came. She was a shy, um, insecure and sort of enclosed uh, young woman. Um, And she came to the Alpha Course, and week after week she was drawn by this group of people that embraced her and loved her and showed genuine care. And that drew her to Jesus, and she gave her life to Jesus uh, about six years ago. Um, And that was very exciting. She says that during, especially during when she was filled with the Holy Spirit during... um, the Alpha Course, you learned about who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, she experienced a peace that she had never known before. And that's because Tanya um, grew up in a very, very difficult home. She experienced a lot of physical and emotional abuse. And in her family, the way they knew how to deal with problems was through witchcraft. So whenever there she had a health problem or some emotional problem, she was taken to a witch or to some sort of seance or something like that. Um, so when she came to Christ, her first years were, were great years. She was filled with joy. But as time went by, she struggled with depression. And her, her um, oppression wasn't just um, emotional and psychological. It was also spiritual. And it scared her. It was very scary for her. Um, and we were in the process, we are in the process of discipling her. I disciple her directly, although it's really a community it takes to disciple someone. And in that process, we've used um, the steps of to freedom, steps to freedom in Christ. Um, this was written by Neil Anderson. And it's a great way that um, we've been able to, to help her look at all her history, the, both the spiritual history, the family history, and different aspects, and be able to renounce to those, give those up, realize that they're sinful, and um, contrast those lies that the enemy has placed through these different practices um, with the truth of who she is, of who Jesus is. Um, and that has been... Uh, um, a process at times it's been uh, a struggle but it was great when we went through these steps she was freed from the fear she realized as we read in the passage that um, christ has all authority all authority in heaven on, and on earth has been given to christ and so she does need not need to fear the spiritual realm and spiritual yeah. oppression and she's learning to walk in the truth of who she is, of who Christ is. And um, we're, we're in this with her. Uh, it's not always easy, 
but you know, we, we, we're all still growing. We know that about ourselves too. And we invited her to live with us. And one of the reasons is that she never really had a home where she was taken care of. Um, and so with us, she, she shares with our family and she likes playing with Sophia and Sophia loves having a big sister. And sometimes they'll get into tickle fights and they will start laughing and tickling each other. They'll end up rolling all over the floor or on the grass. And it is so neat. It's just, it melts my heart to see her laughing and enjoying life and knowing what it is to be a child and knowing what it is to be a child of God. And so we appreciate your prayers for Tanya. This is one of the things that God is doing. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy. So a story of one person com coming to Christ and, and being discipled. You can remember to pray for, for Tanya as she grows. My identity and my purpose, I think our identity and purpose. And that's, that's my first point, okay? First point of three, easy. Three points. Can you go like this and make sure you're awake? Can you go three? Good, all right. <laughs> Some of the youth go like this. That's like my son, I'll swear. Very cool. <laughs> identity and purpose, who we are. You, you understand that God loves you, right? You understand that up here? Do you understand it down here? When, when I was uh, in college, I remember learning to listen to God, and the pastor was, was with us, and it's a small group. And God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through people. He never contradicts his, his word. But we were in silence and listening to God. And I remember hearing Rob. And I thought, that's a good start. He knows my name. Rob, I want you. Yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? Anything. My life is yours. I give it all to you. What do you want me to do? And like I often do, less now perhaps than before, but I interrupted God. No, God said. Now, I didn't hear an audible voice, okay? There are people that do hear audible voices, but it was just a strong sense. And this phrase, Rob, I want you. End of sentence. And I'm still learning what that means. God wants me. God wants you. God loves you. And my dad, when he died at age 74, my dad was still a lifelong learner, learning what that means just to be loved by God to enjoy His presence. That being, that love of God poured into our hearts is what makes following Christ, living for Him, possible. And it makes the journey full of joy and peace. Otherwise, I could recommend other religions to you, okay? That's all about works and doing stuff and pressure. That's not what it means to follow Christ. You know, I just sense right now, usually this is saved for the end of the sermon. Pray right now. If you, if you don't know Jesus, maybe you've heard about him. I was with a young man who grew, grew up in the church. And he said, you know, I didn't figure this out. I, 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 forgiveness. Being forgiven. I, I guess I heard it in sermons, but never really did that. Just take a moment right now. And say, Jesus, like you've given this imam a new heart, give me a new heart. Jesus, fill me. 
Jesus, wash me, forgive me. Fill me with your love. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would fill all of us as we prayed early this morning, that you would fill all of us with your Holy Spirit. Renew our first love. As we read the New Testament, we discover that the word Christian only appears three times. Yet it's the word that we use to describe ourselves. And that's fine. Because Christian, follower of Christ, it's great. Of the three times we find it in the New Testament, two times are negative, and once it's neutral. But disciple in related terms, over 270 times in the New Testament. And so I want to talk about this identity and purpose, being a disciple and making disciples. This love relationship that, that, that motivates us to reach out to the world. And Luke chapter 9, verse 23, has a related term of witness. And in Luke it says that Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So, all right, you guys ready? Ready to die? Yeah. We can't do that. Okay, well, I'll go to, let's take a little mission trip to North Korea next week. What do you say? North Korea, people will die today. Bulldozers will run over Christians and kill them for their faith. Wow. The early martyrs, when they would die at the stake, burning, and lions would, you know, that whole scene is real. It happened. They would die, their testimonies, with joy and peace. How does that happen? To be able to die for Jesus is grace. It starts with this willingness. We don't know how to do that. We don't know how to commit. We don't have enough, even the best of us, we don't have enough discipline. So, okay, I, I can do it. No, you can't. It's Paul even that says, it's in my weakness that God's strength is manifested. And I stand before you as a great, successful missionary in Spain. You know, I'm kind of going yes now. <laughs> we have our brokenness. We all have our stories of pain, don't we? We've helped plant a couple churches. We've also seen a church divided. I've seen my best friend divided the church that I planted. It become the largest church in La Coruña in the region. I've experienced treason. I've experienced the pain of betrayal. But by God's grace, we're still in Spain. And then I've also experienced God showing me not just what others have done against me, but my own sin, my own faults as a leader and as a missionary. And I'm learning to listen to God and to interrupt Him less. Because believe me, when we listen to God and we take baby steps of obedience, wow, it is a ride. It is great. Are you with me? Anybody else interrupt God every now and then? Yeah? (laughs) We're lifelong learners. And by God's grace, we can die for Christ today. We can die to our sin and selfish desires. And if need be, maybe not this day or year, what is in store for us as a country 10, 15, 20 years from now? Or some of you, young people, may, maybe will go to North Korea and to be willing to die. It's all a grace thing. It's all a love thing. Luke chapter 24, 
we see this term of witness in this text. It's a parallel text in Matthew 28. Jesus has come back to life. And he's revealed himself to two disciples as they walk along the road to Emmaus. And these witnesses, you know, in that time was witness. The word for witness was martyria, witness. Then it came to be known as martyr, right? People that would die for Christ. Well, in Luke 24, Jesus appears to the disciples as they're meeting. And he shows up. My daughter asked me a few weeks ago, do you think Jesus knew how to tell jokes? Think he had a sense of humor? Of course, those of us who've gone to seminary, we know that he had a sense of humor, right? He did, man. He was a great storyteller, knew how to tell jokes. So here's Jesus. He probably did it on purpose. He shows up behind the disciples and he says to them, peace be with you. Ah! They just freaked out. It says that. Not didn't say freak in the Greek. They thought he was a ghost. You know, they'd heard some stories. They'd experienced some things. And Jesus comes and he shows up and they still don't believe he's there with them. And then he says, could I have something to eat, please? And they give him some fish. And then Jesus starts this incredibly spiritual activity of eating broiled fish. And as he's eating, they're probably watching with their mouth like, it's not a ghost he's eating. <laughs> it's Jesus. And Jesus speaks to them. Their minds are opened up, it says in verse 45, Luke 24, so they could understand the scriptures. Verse 46, he told them, Guys, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Remember Matthew 28, disciple the nations? Beginning at Jerusalem, verse 48. And you are martyria, you are witnesses of these things. Of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of repentance, of my love for you. Verse 49, I'm going to send you what my father promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on us. Did you know that? And no church, not the Pentecostals, not the non-Pentecostals, not the covenant, not the brethren, not the Catholic church, no one has a copyright on the Holy Spirit. And he manifests himself creatively in different ways. In silence, I've been in Catholic churches, high liturgy and experienced the Spirit of God. This morning in worship, as a baby was dedicated, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has been poured out on us. And every day we need to ask, again, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Even now as you hear me, just make it your prayer. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit of grace and love, the Spirit of Jesus. Because the early disciples waited for a little bit we don't have to wait. The Holy Spirit is waiting on us to fill you, to fill me, to use us, to love us and love others through us. So you understand my first point? Identity and purpose, disciple, loved, to be able to love, right? Got it? No. Yes? You with me? Nobody's asleep yet, right? Just got another three hours, all right? So hang in there with me. Just kidding. <laughs> Point two. What is the church? Plural. Disciples. Together. There's a before and after in church history of Constantine. Before Constantine, it was not popular to be a Christian. After Constantine, it was popular. A dangerous thing for the church. 
The church turned into, instead of a church of people, a church of buildings. Instead of a dynamic, expansive, sacrificial church into a nominal, stunted, inward-looking church. Not all the church, but there was this shift in, in history. Those of you who have studied a little bit about church history. But God's call to us is to be the expansive, growing, generous, grace-filled, loving church. I think like you all, I mean, to see the list of ministries you're involved, involved in and with other churches as well, it's so exciting. Because we're all on, I spoke with somebody between the last service and this one, we're, we're all on the same team, aren't we? So I'm working with Catholic priests that know Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not possible. Well, it is, okay? <laughs> it is. But no, I can't because it is. It's possible. By their fruit, we will know. Where Jesus is at the center and he's loved and he's known and his forgiveness is poured out, the covenanters of long ago in our denomination in Sweden, I am a companion of all those that fear the Lord. God's their work. Together, as we work in this community. You know, if a church does not have a common vision, eventually it will divide or die. It will lose its core. And that's so true for a local congregation like First Covenant. Here's a vision for you all, okay? Let me just share briefly about, you know, I was paid about $5,000 for this promo, okay? So, no. Alpha, we're very involved in Alpha. Now, it's not all about Alpha. Just, you know, that worship song? It's all about me, Jesus. You know that song? It's not all about Alpha. It's not all about me. It's not all about Spain or First Covenant. But like Billy Graham, anybody hear Billy Graham speak on TV or a campaign? Anybody? That's a pretty simple message. But it was so simple, but God's grace was on Billy Graham. And he reached and still is reaching through his ministry millions of people. And Alpha is the same way. God has inspired and poured out his spirit. You just have to go to Holy Trinity Brompton with me next June, okay? Anybody want to come with me to Holy Trinity Brompton? Alpha Training International Week. I have never seen such diversity in the church. Orthodox from Russia, the patriarch, priests, bishops, Pentecostals, brethren, Baptists, and a few covenanters here and there. With Matt, Tim Hughes leading worship, with a church organist playing as well, and a cellist. And seeing the nuns kind of starting to tap their feet a little bit. Africans, you know, like over 100 nations represented. I've been to Urbana. I've been to huge conferences. I have tasted heaven in Holy Trinity Brompton. The diversity of the church is not just dealing with ecumenical dialogue. Centered on Jesus Christ, worshiping Jesus, and then talking about reaching the world for Christ with this vision. The evangelization of the world and the transformation of society. With a vision by 2020 to reach 100 million people. And then saying, but that's not enough. We need to work together. And seeing Catholic churches, Plymouth Brethren churches, Assemblies of God churches, etc., etc., pooling their resources in London, in the UK, and doing promotion together. So you see, when you go to a movie theater, in some of their promotions, you would see the Alpha Course. You know, you're going to go see Batman. What's the name of the movie? The Batman, The Rise of... No, what is it? The Dark Knight Rises. And you're going to see the movie, and then 
You see Bear Grylls from The Last Survivor and you see an, an alpha advertisement. Why? Because the church is united to do that. Not because one rich donor. Small churches, big churches. On the red buses. But it's not all about alpha. It's alpha partnering with others, partnering amongst ourselves. Our denominations had the privilege of partnering in Congo. The first denomination, we're one of the smallest, but the first to ever partner with World Vision to prevent the unnecessary death of children so that they can have life here on earth and in heaven. And together, the vision is that every single covenant church in our denomination will get behind this. And the Spirit of God is on this project. He is. I could tell you more. Our business session at the annual meeting of the covenant, our president, the executive minister of World Mission, crying. One church, Bayside, a million dollars. And Bayside has a lot of things to do out in California. said, no, this is of God. And then somebody from smaller churches, you know, churches of 50 to 100 people, we can give too. And together... We can disciple a nation like Congo and affect the lives of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Amen? Well, how do we do that? Anybody got a million dollars? Say, I do. Okay, they'll talk after now. It's not about money. Some churches can give more, some less, but together we can make a difference and disciple the nations. And that's, that's the call as a church, to be ecclesia. And that word means, when, when Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, I will build a great group of people that will meet on Sunday. Upon this rock I will build my ecclesia, a group that will transform society, a, a group that is responsible. You are responsible for Salina, Kansas. Isn't that cool? Isn't that great? And together with other churches, responsible for Kansas. You believe that? Well, how do you do that? It's not from up above and powerful. So, yeah, I'm going to be the next governor of Kansas. Maybe you will. That's okay if you're called. From underneath, as Jesus did, giving his life service. You, you get the picture? You get that awesome responsibility to transform Kansas together in Jesus' name with other churches? How about the United States? How about Congo, Spain, the world? i got to wrap up. Kind of lost in my notes. I'm sorry. Get excited about the potential. I really do. But how do we do this? How do we do this? We need to start small. We need to be faithful with those small baby steps that God calls us to. And at the same time, dream big. I remember praying with Martha, Martha Klein for, for years ago. I had the privilege. She shared my story like with many of you. And now she's in Congo, supported by you. But giving... Be, Later, you can read 2 Timothy chapter 2 and how Paul just pours out his love into Timothy. And Timothy called to be a soldier for Christ, an athlete for Christ, a farmer for Christ, these powerful images. But how do we do this? First, are you willing? Are you available? Are you willing? Are you available? Yeah, I don't know sometimes what I'm doing, but God gives me things. I say, okay. I'm willing, God. Are you willing? I, but I don't have the gifts. I don't have... Look at the early disciples. Did they have what it took? No, they didn't. But they had Jesus, and we have Jesus. Amen? Amen? So willingness to give your heart, your life, and to start small, disciple your children, your little children. Spend time with them. It's not a program. You can use lots of different programs. There's great stuff out there. But spend time in prayer, asking questions, listening, 
memorizing Scripture, encouraging our children to read the Bible, believe the Bible, to experience God. Some of you have grown children, perhaps, that aren't following the Lord. Still, persevere, pray for them, just like the mother of St. Augustine before he was a saint, when he was scoundrel Augustine, a drunkard, and worse than that. She prayed, she prayed, and he came to Christ. Be encouraged. Start small, dream big. Would you join with me in prayer? Would you open up your, your hands like this? This is a symbol of the ancient church, the primitive church. It's, it's a symbol of humility. And, you know, the hands, that's not what's important. You don't have to hold your hands up. But it's a symbol of letting go. It's a symbol of relinquishing control. It's a symbol of giving God all that you have, all that you are. And you know what? Don't wait. Do it today. Don't wait till you can. You can't do it. It's grace. God, I'm willing. I don't know how to give everything to you. Show me. Open your hands and pray with me, with your eyes closed if you don't mind. Jesus, with open hands, I ask that you would renew your love for me. My first love for you, Jesus. And I'll dwell, consider just for a moment who Jesus is calling you to love and invest in, who to disciple. Your children, a neighbor that's a Timothy, a co-worker. In just a few seconds of silence, listen to God. Now dream big for your family in prayer, just quickly. Your family, your neighborhood, first covenant. In prayer, dream big for this nation as we face elections. Dream big for Kansas. Dream big in prayer in Jesus' name for Congo and those children. Dream big for the other churches in this nation and this whole country. Dream big for Spain, for the world. Now, God, bless our willingness and our small faithful steps by grace and bless our dreams. Make them your dreams, our dreams, your heart, our heart, your eyes, our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen.